0: Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.
1: When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more
2: worlds to conquer. Now. Alex Brown.
1: Alex
3: Brown, you see him number 96.
2: Nine year NFL veteran. This is how they win. And bear for life. Their defense does everything for them. Joins Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for
3: sports.
2: Captain J. Hood, morning 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Hope that you're going to have a great Tuesday. We're with you until 10. It'll be Greeny from 10 to noon. It'll be Carmen Yurko from 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie from 2 to 6. It'll be Chris Bleck on the Black and Abdallah show from 68 right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons from 8 to midnight right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's a big Georgia Bulldogs fan, Alex Brown. He joins us here on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Alex. How are you? <laughs> Don't do that, Alex.
4: Don't do okay. that. Okay. All right. Don't do I, that. I was, oh, man. Don't do that. Oh, Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me?
2: Why are you doing
4: this to me? Florida is wow. Florida's literally like
3: the second place horse
4: to secretariat in the Belmont. Come on, well, man. Hey, Come on, Alex. Kaplan. Alex, hold on a second. You know what? You
2: won't talk Kaplan, to me. Yeah. if
4: we had, see, if, if Anthony Richardson, if we had him for another four years, well, he'd be 25 and we'd be sitting pretty good. So I mean, uh, it's, it's hard. It's uh, hard to beat a guy that's a grown man. Uh-huh. How about how about Stetson Bennett go have kids? Like go ahead and get out of get out of college. And go have some kids. Like, uh, geez. there we go. You go to ageism <laughs> wow. on me. Ageism.
2: Money, come on. Now, now, to, now, to Alex Brown's <laughs> point. To Alex Brown's point. Cap, uh, catch this now. Stetson Bennett, the uh, national champion, back to back national championship quarterback, is mm-hmm. older older than Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. To a tongue of vailoa Trevor Lawrence, and Mac Jones.
4: Yes. Combined. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. is correct. I mean, come on. He, he was born – like, Lamar Jackson has won – has been in the league for four or five years. He's won an MVP, and they were both born in 1997. Like, come on. Max, Max Duggan. Max Duggan. You know Max Duggan, who he was going against, he is a senior. So is uh, Seth and Bennett. Stetson Bennett was born in '97. Max was born in 2001. Okay, come on, like this is
2: crazy. You know what? You know what, man? You you need to give you. I'm still. I'm still waiting for the text message. Where is the congratulations text from the great Alex Brown? At least we kept it in the family.
4: uh, The the championships in the family. It's in the SEC. Just put an asterisk by it because they have a grown man. Oh. Ima- imagine if, just imagine, <laughs> when they're they're comparing. I heard people comparing what he did at Georgia, winning the two national titles, to what Tebow did. Let's keep it in perspective. Tebow did it at eighteen and twenty. This kid did it at twenty-four and twenty-five.
2: He was a grown man, too. He was doing missions, though. Uh, T-Bow. So he was though. doing... He, <laughs> he
4: was. <laughs> he, wow. it oh. in perspective, that's all. You like, see that, Cap. We had t at 20. t was one year from being completely out of football at, <laughs> when he was 25. A- he had been through the NFL. He was one year from being out of football forever.
3: A.B., I told these guys huh. Alabama should have been in. TCU was no a doubt. fraud. No doubt.
4: Yeah, I mean, that, that's... Oh, well, we knew that. I mean, that what was it? 12, 13 points. I hope you jumped all over it because that was that was an ease. That was easy money right there. That was stealing. And you saw it in the first quarter that they just didn't have it. They were showing TCU's um, defensive or offensive linemen. and I'm looking at. Them, I'm like, man, like Georgia got guys bigger than them at linebacker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it was a joke, and they did not belong yeah. there.
4: No, they didn't. No, it was a good story, but. Yeah, no, nah, they, they didn't they didn't belong there. No.
2: The Bears have the number one pick in the in mm-hmm.
4: the NFL draft.
2: And yeah. we've had all this conjecture back and forth on what the Bears should do with it. There's there's value to that pick. So what do you think is best for the Bears? a team that needs everything, almost everything.
4: I think I think um I think there's a consensus throughout Chicago Bears fans in Chicago that you trade the pick, right? Like you for the most part, I'd say most people say you trade down and you garner more picks. If I mean, you have to have somebody that wants to trade, right? If you don't have that, in the particular defense that we're in, I mean, you just you got to go with Anderson if that's the case. Or maybe the kid out of Clemson. I'm anxious to see how the next three or four months play out and the type of ability these guys have. Because a lot of times you see players in college and they're not in the position that they're going to be in in the NFL. I'm going right to Devon Kurtz. When you saw Javon Curtis in college, he wasn't the pass rusher that he became uh, in the NFL. They had him playing Sam Linebacker. How are you going to use this particular talent on your team? And I think that is the evaluation that's going to be going forward for the next three, four months, and that's what we'll figure out, which guy that can come in and make an an immediate impact if, in fact, we're not able to trade that pick um, to garner more picks. But last year... It would be a horrible time. It would have been a horrible time to have the number one pick because the quarterback, I think the top quarterback went to Pittsburgh mid-first round. This time you have a number of teams that need quarterbacks. They, I mean, it's it's crazy. Houston needs a quarterback. Um, you got uh, uh, Indy needs a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Carolina. Carolina, yes. You have a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Vegas. I mean, these – these team needs a quarterback. I, mean, you, I don't know how Seattle feels about Geno Smith, but they're going to want a young quarterback in there just in case Geno reverts back to being Geno. So we'll see. But it's a great time to have this pick, and there's a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. Um, some people believe two or three franchise-type quarterbacks in this draft. So uh, we should be able to really garner a haul if we can – Maybe trade down I, – I say trade down a couple of times and still get the offensive lineman you want, still get um, a pass rusher that you want, still get – I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to do, but it's, it's a great position to be in in a perfect year. we got to get through free agency first and see what we can um, – actually what holes we can fill there. And then once we do that, then we'll focus on the draft.
3: Okay, so my question, and we're talking with Alex Brown, former Bear standout, SEC Hall of Famer. Saint. Former
4: Saint. Yes. So (laughs) but whoa, whoa, what wait, wait, wait. Former Bear standout? What does that mean? You were a former bear who was a standout player. No, 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 no. The number the the fourth all time in sacks is not just a standout. That's not a standout. Standout's Come on, a Come on Cap. Stand- don't do me like that.
3: Standout is being full of praise. Okay, F- former Bear <laughs> Super great. Bowl
4: star. Former Bear great is that, that For- works. Former Bear yeah. great, you got it. There we go. My okay, guy.
3: my question to you is: When Ryan Poles speaks at the podium at ten thirty, Saint, there mm-hmm. are certain people that feel that he has to go up and go. Will we take a quarterback? I don't know. I'll evaluate all our options. I'm not sure what we're going to do. I believe he is going to commit to Justin. He could still have the same phone conversations, but he's not going to open up a public narrative of, oh, maybe he's going to trade Justin. I think he's going to back his guy. You take me inside a player's mind. What does he do up there, and how does it affect the locker room?
4: Well, I think he'll have a conversation with Justin prior to that conversation that he's going to have with the public. And I know um, I had a coach like that. Coach, Coach Lovey Smith was not like that at all. But Coach Spurrier was like that. Like you don't worry about what he says, and he'll tell us. Like he'll come in and he'll let us know. Don't worry about what I'm saying in the media. This is what I feel, and he'll tell us how he how he actually felt. So I think he'll go and have a conversation with um with Justin, and then everybody understands that has anything to do with the NFL, that this is smoke and mirror time. You want people to think one thing or well, you're actually doing something else. So if people believe that we are okay, with that we may take a quarterback, it may influence them to not only give us that trade there first this year and next year, but it might make them actually throw in a third too. So it's just, you want to go smoke and mirrors. I think, um, I think he has a conversation with uh, with Justin, regardless of what he talks about today at ten thirty.
2: I want to talk to you about a man that is strong in his convictions, and that's your former coach. You just mentioned Lovey Smith. So, so <laughs> Lovey Smith is like, nah, now nah, we're going to win this game. We're going to try to win as many games as possible. The press in Houston asked Lovey, "What about losing on purpose?" And Lovey said,
4: "This is the option that I had." So you're saying, "Hey guys, playing this last game." You know, all that you've been working for all your life, you play to win, forget that, lose the game on purpose. I think that would be a hard one to get by. They wouldn't expect me to say that. I didn't. What we work each week, our game plan has been to win the game. It's kind of simple as that. And that's what we followed through on the day.
2: Hour later, he was fired. So so your, your, your thoughts, though, about a man that's strong on his convictions, that I'm sure that did not surprise you at all.
4: Zero, not at all, not at all. Now, in the players, I mean, I don't think it's just a it's a Lovey Smith thing. I think it's uh the NFL thing when players don't throw games. Now, the management can have a different opinion about what they want to go on in the game, but they're not coming down and telling players to lose. Because I mean, I've been on the Bears just went on a ten game losing streak, and they're still on that ten game losing streak. I was a part of the one that was eight game losing streak. We all wanted to win. We just couldn't win. We weren't good enough to win. It wasn't like we were tanking for an individual player. This is not basketball. It's not like that. I get it that that stuff happens. And honestly, in those sports, that stuff is accepted. It's accepted and expected from to a certain degree. But in football, that's just not the way it goes. I mean, you you go out and you play. You go out and you try to win. Now, if a coach or a Management wants it. If they want to lose or they want to see other players, they'll put younger players in, knowing that our winning percentage for that game goes down because this guy right here isn't as good as probably the guy they just replaced. But um, there's not, there's never a collective effort to lose. No, no, you're trying to win. We just went through one of the most horrific things, or one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on a football field, personally. Um, with uh, the kid at Buffalo, mm-hmm. and you're still going out there and you're making those hits and you're putting yourself in harm's way. I'm not going out there to do it um, with the intention of losing. No, you're not doing that. You're going to go out and you're going to put your best foot forward and you're going to try to win. That's, it's not surprising at all. And a guy with the integrity of Lovey Smith and how he is, is me knowing him as a person, um, heck no. <laughs> He's not doing it, no chance.
3: A.B., all the best. We love having you on. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you during the playoffs, but it's been an honor to be your partner on TV, and Hoodie
4: and I love having you with us here. Guys, I really appreciate it. Um, let, let's run it back. Give it three years. Three years, I'm calling it right now. Ryan Poles, I, I, I really feel good about what he was able to do last year in the draft. With the draft capital that he has this year, I think he's going to build something special, and in about three years, I fully expect to be in. I'm not going to say the Super Bowl, but I expect to be in the NFC Championship game, competing for a chance to go to a Super Bowl. I really do.
2: Alex, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show.
4: See ya. Love y'all, man. Go dogs. Bye.
2: Go dogs. And answer your emails. It's Alex Brown with us. What is his email? I don't know, but it rings a lot, doesn't
3: GatorDude it? at <laughs> gmail.com. I'm not know sure what it is.
2: His emails are always going, though. Alex Brown with us here on ESPN 1000. Coming up next, must-hear audio from a Chicago Bear, Justin Jones. Wait until you hear what Justin Jones had to say uh, to the press. Do the Bears have a failure to communicate? We'll find out next on Captain J-Hood.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN1000Chicago. Kev and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago.
2: Jay hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Still to come on the program, we'll have Worst Weekends. We couldn't get to it Monday because it's a Bears Monday, but Tuesday, perfect time to talk about Worst weekends. That's at 9.35 right here on ESPN 1000.
3: I know you had a great weekend because you got a national championship game to look forward to and you wake up on a Tuesday with another ring
2: on your finger. A uh, smile on my face, Cap. How about that? Might have been fraudulent, but you did what you had to don't, do. Let me, Don't let me knock you the hell up out of here. Don't do that today. Fraudulent. Don't do that.
3: Your part wasn't fraudulent. That clown show
2: from Dallas was. Okay. Let's focus now on the Bears. Can we focus on the Bears? I guess. Because we teased must listen to audio. So before we hear that from Justin Jones, mm-hmm. you and I unpacked thoughts about Chase Claypool. From the Bears, a wide receiver saying, you know, we can't just get used to losing around here. I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of we can't get used to losing around here. Mm-hmm. Now, he just got here uh, two minutes ago as a wide receiver for the Bears. And all of a sudden, he's holding court and telling you what the Bears locker room should be like. Correct. But then there's Justin Jones, who made this comment on the Bears' failure to
4: communicate. You know, a lot of guys, you know, have feel different ways. You know, obviously some... <laughs> A lot of guys are on one-year deals here, you know, so the season didn't go the way they planned it to, you know, for their career, so a lot of, some guys are frustrated, you know, some guys you just want, like, you know, clarification on certain things, and, you know, you just got to give them the answer they're looking for, it, you know, you got to tell them exactly what it was and, you know, what things they could have done better and stuff like that, and, you know, they can go about their business like that, but, like I said, it, it's healthy for both sides, you know, so I guess, I guess just you know, making it a better place for a lot more players to, you know, speak what's on their mind, you know, like if, you know, if the player doesn't agree with some of the things that we're doing, you know, I think it should be a, a, a open space for you to, you know, let them air it out and say, hey, you know, I don't understand why we're doing this. And, you know, you should be able to explain, like, hey, like, this is why we're doing this. This is why your job is so important. And this is what it means to our defense.
2: Defensive tackle Justin Jones. When you hear that, what comes to mind?
3: That he feels like there was not enough open-door communication about things that were either bothering a player or they didn't understand certain things. It doesn't sound like the hits principle and the flowery adjectives to describe the culture. Maybe it's not as rosy as we think it is. It's kind of hard to have a flowery culture when you're three and freaking 14.
2: All right, look at it from this standpoint then. So this is Iber first year as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And the lines of communication should be open. I know he's the head coach, but if Jones has a problem with the Bears or has a problem with the coaching staff, is the door open for him to go through Eberflus's office and say, I have a problem, or talk to the defensive coordinator about it, Williams? It should be. like. Don't you feel like Danny, our boss,
3: you feel like his door's open and you could go in and say, hey, this is bothering me? Oh, yeah. because he'll do the same thing to you. Yep. He could text you at 6.30 in the morning. Yep. Which is communicating. Mm -hmm. Rather than let it get pent up. Cabbie, if that was bothering you, why didn't you come see me? My door is always open. I feel like that's the way it is here. Well, that's the way it's got to be in a locker room. You have to be able to have a player walk in and say to you, Coach, this is BS. I don't like this. Or why are we doing it that way? Whatever the case may be, and if it's not like that, they needed to hear that from a veteran player.
2: Hmm. I would just say that Ibraflus, being a first-year head coach, has to learn that on the fly. Now, you you would think, well, that someone will say, "Well, Hood." I mean, he's a been a defensive coordinator. He's been. It's not like he's never been in meetings before. Yeah, he's been in meetings before, but he's never been the head man before. See, he's a CEO now. Different. Like. That was Negi's biggest problem.
3: Not communicating? No, that he. I think he was a communicator. Matt was so wrapped up in calling his offense that he had his head down in that Denny's menu that Waddle and Sylvie nicknamed it. And you've got to be the C-E-O. Coach, are we challenging this? Coach, we got an issue over
2: here. Hey, I'm trying to look up plays that I want to run here. That's not what a head coach does. Stefanski's going with the Browns. He's just got his head buried in the menu and not not watching the game.
3: Correct. Watch the games, Stefanski. I, I game. told you that Jimmy Johnson. I heard him speak on it, and he said, "Stop. If you if you're going to be a head coach, then hire a coordinator. The offensive guy, his job's to score as many damn points as he can. Mm-hmm. The defense is to keep them from scoring as many damn points as they can." You are the CEO. If you want to call plays, then don't be a head coach and go back being a coordinator.
2: It's interesting that Justin Jones says this because he feels like there should be more open communication. You know, Justin Jones may not be here next year. Probably won't be, but I will I only store there's a number of stories that's floating in my head. One of them is uh, the late Don Baylor. Groove. Don Baylor, when he was manager for the Cubs, you know, you've been at Wrigley Field t- a million times before the gates open.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Don Baylor comes in, he's got his briefcase, right to the door and would close it. I've seen that before, where if a player wants to have a moment with Don Baylor, sorry, door closed. He'll come out to the cage at 1130, but he's got the door closed. And it, when I saw that several times when he was managing the Cubs, I would say, that's not good, man. Your door should be open. Like, if a player has a question, maybe they'll talk to him in the dugout. Maybe they'll talk to him later. But just when he first comes in, morning, slam, slams the door. Like, that's not great for communication, is it? The manager of the ball club have, should have his door open. That's what I remember. I always think there should be open dialogue. That way, nothing's lost in translation. That's what I think. Yeah, completely agree. I, I can't speak to
3: that part of it he was always fine to deal with he was Don, always accessible yeah no, i'm
2: just saying that that that's one thing that resonated with me that i always think that if i was a manager or or a head coach and just come to me that way it's not in the press if there's an issue let's talk about it correct then if we have a disconnect you can you can leave we can trade you whatever but i don't want anything leaked in the media about how we don't communicate because that is a bad look on me as a ceo of the team well said so. Can't disagree with that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. So uh, so along with that was Claypool right? Because I know what he's saying is is that I don't want people to be players in here to be comfortable losing. Mm-hmm. And then here's Ju- Justin Jones saying something. We have two comments within the last couple of weeks. Almost in the naggy era, you didn't hear anything. So this is interesting right now. Correct. But Justin at least was saying. He, I think the
3: way Justin said it. He was trying to be constructive criticism. Here's what we got to get better at. Mm -hmm. We got to do that. Everybody's going to have an opinion when you're three and 14.
2: Yeah. And it's the first year of Eberfluss, so everything's not going to be rosy. You mentioned the one loss record, but also Eberfluss has to figure out a lot of different things. The great coaches,
3: I don't care what the sport is, they are amazing communicators. Amazing. You may not like what they're communicating to you. Oh, yeah. But that was what made Ozzy such a good manager. He would tell you, Jonathan, you're not good at that, and I'm not going to put you in that situation, much as you might have thought you
2: were good at it. right? He's honest. He communicates. Uh, Jared and Beecher on ESPN 1000 on Cap and Jay hood Good morning, Jared. Hey, good morning, Jay hood Cap. Hey, What's I want to thank you guys for taking the call. Hoodie, I agree with you on the defensive lineman. He's not going to be on the team. Okay, the communication part for him is going to be to a minimum. You have a position coach, you have a defensive coordinator. Those are your first two individuals that you like to communicate with and get a feel for what you're doing. But far as the head coach of a
4: three and fourteen team, he's not going to be he's not going to be open because you're not going to be there. That's all I had to say, guys. You have a good day.
2: That's fair. He could just turn a blind eye to all of it, but I think at the same time, though, and make a. Player feel like, hey, he's part of the team. Don't just just whisk by him if that's what he's doing. Just saying, ah, Justin, morning, and just keep going. Yeah, I (laughs) I hear he actually has a good
3: communication ability with his players. But this is his first go round with coach. You got the media in ten minutes. Coach, NFL's calling. They want to talk to you about this officiating thing. You complain, coach. You got to do that, coach. Like he's got. When you're the defensive coordinator, you can lock yourself in your office, turn the tape machine on and spend 12 hours putting the game plan together. Mm-hmm. Head coach,
2: and it's not like that. Exactly right. You had to be open and be able to communicate with everybody. I just, I just after today, the hope is is that this is not a storyline in 23, 24, 25. Like, hey, Ibra Flus was a decent coach, but he wouldn't talk to anybody. 25? We're
1: giving him that long?
2: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, when's the stadium built? 27, probably. Okay, 26, 27. He won't. He won't be 28. around. 28. He won't be around for that. <laughs> he won't I mean, be around that. I mean, a new head coach for the Chicago Bears.
3: <laughs> so Shay, let me ask you something. If they go out next year, they they make a good trade. They add pieces, and they go f- five and twelve next year. Do you think people are going to be calling for his head?
1: Yeah, I think so. If they, if but like the front office moves have to be obviously good. Like we can't think that this is maybe a good trade or it's a good trade on paper that just doesn't work out. If you pick up obviously good pieces and it's just not working, and you win four or five games again, and the quarterback doesn't look good, then yeah, like I said earlier in, in our first hour, I think you reset the clock
2: on both. Hold on a second. I mean, people, you will be trying to push them out. Right. You'll be leading the charge. Who, me? Yes, you. Or, or are, him. Are you? Are we on the air? Yes, you. I don't know if you're Cap, talking to Storm. No, you. You'll be
1: leading the charge. He couldn't be talking to me. I'd be pushing him out now. <laughs> That's right. I might help you. Millennials. He's, he's, he wants not to fired today. If I'm all
2: for stability, like what the Steelers have. If the Bears go 5-12, and 12, you'll hit the roof. Knowing what's going on. No, it depends
3: how that goes down. You won't like it. If you tell me, God forbid, my quarterback got seriously hurt and missed 12 games, there's,
2: there's factors that weigh into it. All of it. That's what I, that's my side of the table, telling you about the factors. You won't care about the factors. That's not true. Do you hear? Do you ever go back and listen like, to the I shows was the that guy, we host?
3: Hold on. I was the guy after year three when Sylvia and, um, and many who were right, my brother, screaming, get Nagy out of here. He can't do it. Give him another year. Let's let it play out. Let's see what happens. Blah, blah, blah. They were right. I was wrong. They should have moved on Nagy quicker. How am I? What, what's that stupid sound effect? I'm saying I was wrong. So I was wrong. Cap. You guys were right. Cap. I know you. You won't like
2: it. And you're going to hit the roof. I'll be if we're five and twelve next year. Especially if you're lousy and like five and twelve, but like you're not even in the ballpark in most games, you're not going like to like. If it. I watch what I watch this year, you're going to hit. The who's roof. that guy? Yeah, I'll
3: hit the roof. Yeah,
1: I'll be no furious. Questions. See, this has been my and We've disagreed so much on it. Like, just go win six, seven games. Show me a meaningful amount of progress next season, or I will be starting to ask questions. Like that would mean to me, Iberflus ain't the guy, and your quarterback's
2: not getting it. Let me just be your mirror. You will hate it. I know you. It's all right now because we're, it's nice and ca- you know comfortable. It's January 10. Give them some time. We lost again. What? I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off. Let me tell you something. And I'm just going to sit there for 10 minutes and listen, listen to you just rant. And then your watch is going to go off and say, are you having a heart attack or a hard fall?
3: Right. My watch, <laughs> when I hit my hand because I do that. Did you suffer a fall?
2: No. It's 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 nice now. I need a football coach. Yeah. It's nice now to say it on January tenth. Let it happen again. And they are lousy too. Oh my god. I'm the one who's gonna bring the perspective. You won't want to hear it. I want him out on the home of the Bears. That's what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, worst weekends. Next on Captain J
0: Hood. Here we go. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.
2: Swept by the pirates? We can only ask or wonder that he is asking some departed relative for forgiveness for this atrocious performance. Falling in an outhouse? Or maybe a dose of instant karma. The evidence would lead me to believe that he did not break the plane before getting rid of the ball. And who knows what's going on inside that helmet. It's time to find out who had the worst weekend on Cap'n J. Time for Worst Weekends on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app.
3: Snore it up, baby. Let's go. I like when you're in a good mood with a championship under your belt.
2: I just want you to to respond to text messages the way I want you to respond to them. No shot. Why? If someone texts you something about something on this show, I want you to respond in kind. I'm the one dictating it. I just want you to type it. I'm telling you what to put in there.
3: No
1: w- chance.
2: W- what about what I said? Wasn't, that, wasn't, wasn't it a good point? Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Shay, go right
1: ahead. All right, boys, let's get it started <laughs> with
2: Worst Weekends. <laughs> You won't respond. Cap already introduced you. Didn't hear that part, though. I want to start
1: <laughs> with Nick Saban, who was on the broadcast last night at the National Championship <laughs> game, getting trolled by David Pollack. Listen to this. George,
4: obviously, you've
3: seen in the past couple seasons now, really, that they've taken hold of college football. They are an unbelievable job.
1: Sitting directly next to Nick Saban. He looked Saban in the face. Georgia's taken hold of college football. The video is everywhere on social media. You can go find it if you haven't seen it yet. You can literally spot the moment where Saban's soul leaves his body.
2: Well, go dogs, Pollock, the Georgia Bulldog. Saying that right to the Alabama Crimson Tide head coach. He probably should have said it with like a little bit of
3: Humor. Hey, coach, uh, it looks like my Georgia Bulldogs have taken over. It would have been better TV. He missed a
2: golden opportunity to tweak the king. Absolutely. He tweaked him. Can you believe. Now, now, let me just tell you if Georgia falls short of getting a three-peat and Alabama wins, you can draw a line of demarcation right to that moment. I can promise
3: you, Nick Saban will say, uh, Somebody
2: let David Pollack know who the king is. <laughs> we're back it's, it's David ignored Savin, just he did his job, right? If Savin wasn't there, he would have said the same thing, but he's looking directly in the camera, giving his thoughts bam but if if I had been David, you know me, I'll poke the bear. I have no problem, with sure, that.
3: I would have said, and if they win tonight, Georgia is the king of college football, and they have taken over college football, right, coach. He would have been like, Uh, "We'll we'll still have something to say about that." My guys are ready. I
2: we'll see. I right. It's that was uh, you know what? Maybe a little tense, but I loved it. If you're a Georgia fan, you had to love that. A Georgia Bulldog doing TV, telling the coach, "Yeah, we've taken over college football." Holy bleep! Yeah, that was pretty funny. (laughs) All right, Shay.
1: Uh, We have a rather unhinged workplace dispute. An ex-employee of a Vietnamese restaurant in Lane Cove in Australia uh, copied this restaurant's keys and snuck into the business every few days to steal from the till. The owner figured something was going on, so they installed CCTV, caught this person in the act. Now, they didn't just go to the police. They had two people go in, assault this person during the act, cut their hair, kidnap them, send the video to their mom, and then held them for ransom. Oh, man. Wow. Ooh. You thought you were just going to rob the restaurant. You got beaten, your hair cut, kidnapped,
2: and held for ransom. That's bad. Can I just tell you something? Capo, I know that around these parts that would have gone differently. Just, to just say it. But It wouldn't I've, have gone well. No, but there, I mean, the humiliation, the cutting of the hair, the holding for rent, I mean, that's, that's really something. Wow. I didn't know the story would go that way.
3: I did not <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs>
2: that's, that's scary right there.
3: Because the owner said restaurant's going to do some hard
2: time. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, yeah they're awaiting sentencing.
2: The uh, owner. Now, I wonder, Australia, I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what the punishment is. Yeah, keep us updated. I want to know how much time you get for doing that. I'd like for you to bookmark that story. I will. Not, I'm going to keep up with this one. Because that's nothing that you see on your you know, your local news. Right? I mean, it's not on a
3: crawl on no, ESPN or Fox. No, Stephen Holt's not giving me that. So exactly. I, just, I, just, I
2: just need a little little information on that one.
3: Right, a little Allison Rizzotti yeah.
2: isn't on that. I'm very interested in that now. Or Maybe we'll win the cable channels. Maybe they'll have it. What's the guy's name? God, I look up his name what channel Uh, he's on a number of channels here it's going to
1: be on the soup
2: (laughs) it might might be on the soup Dan Abrams maybe a Dan Abrams will have something on that that's criminal maybe the Bernstein looking Dan Abrams
1: Yeah, David Muir
2: (laughs) something like that
1: Australia is our next story
2: what's your next story
1: uh, well, the Green Bay Packers have to be in here because they had a chance to win and get in after Seattle beat the Rams. And instead, Aaron Rodgers choked again late in the season against the Detroit Lions. Not only that, Quay Walker was ejected after pushing a trainer and was uh, spotted on video crying in the tunnel on his way out of the game. Dumbass. He had to post an apology on Twitter for this because how do you push a trainer this week of all weeks?
2: Go dogs. Um We don't claim him. Not this
3: week. That's there was another player that they, that escaped the wrath of the official, that also shoved the trainer. How ignorant can you be? How
2: ignorant can you be? Hamlin aside. What are you doing that for? That's because that, you're an idiot. I mean he's not doing anything to you. He's like, "Excuse me, let me see if you check on the player. You are going to push him away? I mean, like, so what are you a bully now? Yeah. He's not in uniform. He doesn't have pads on or a helmet. He's just trying to help a fallen player, trying to figure out what's going on with them. You're going to push him? Tells you about his character. He even said in his apology, I did this again.
3: Why? I have to figure that out. He's got issues.
2: He can't play for me. If it's You did it once, now you've done it twice? You're out. So people that are not in uniform, you just push around? So I, you can't play for me. You have an issue that you need to solve—anger issue, whatever it is. There's a disconnect there that when someone's not uh, in a uniform, you want to push him around. Why? He has a, he has a, a Detroit he has a Detroit lion like little beanie winter hat on, yeah, the little bowl on top, and you're going to push him around. Well, did
3: you see the trader turn around? It was like ready to bowl up. So he's like, like, "Who are you
1: pushing?
2: Like, what the?" It's
1: twice Clay Walker's done that, by the way. When they played the Bills, he was on the sideline pushing Bills players who were not dressed.
2: I don't understand. I just don't understand. So that's a, that's a worst weekend. What's next?
1: All right. This is the final one. It comes from Clayton County, Georgia. Uh, a biker who evaded state police on the freeway in a high-speed chase has an arrest warrant out for him after his bike was identified in the video of the chase he posted to TikTok and YouTube. Mm. That's not good.
2: <laughs> no, it's not good at all. No, it's not. Okay, so we put that at ESPN1000 on Twitter, and you can vote on who had the worst weekend on Tuesday. Correct. That, <laughs> wow. I would probably say Quay Walker. That's, that's...
1: I feel like getting kidnapped and held for ransom while you're trying to rob your former employer. Well you get a free haircut out of that, so. <laughs> or just, what's, like, the shame that you have to feel, you go to your friends, hey, guys, I actually escaped the high-speed chase with the police, but the shame that you have to feel because the video you posted got you arrested.
2: Yes. That sucks, too. This is why it's good. This is why Worst Weekend's we good. We could have also had an,
3: another entrant, right. Rory Dames, right, tell me coach about. of the Chicago
2: Red Stars, who was banned for life for being a complete and total loser. Well, I'm glad that they handled that. Yes. Because that story kept lingering out there. Yes. It was under the surface Friday folder stuff, but that story's been lingering for quite a while on what to do uh, with the issues with that soccer club. Four coaches in that league were banned for life,
3: including the Red Stars coach, for verbal and emotional abuse on players since 2014. They said he was horrific.
2: There's coaching, and then there's coaching like that. What a loser. Jeez. Paul, Paul Riley, Christy Holly, Rory Dames, Richie Burke. Those are the names. Yes. Brutal. Brutal. That's right. right. Coming up, Cap and I were watching the national championship game, and also on another monitor, watching the Bulls and Celtics. Why did the Bulls melt down yesterday? We'll get to that coming up next. You're listening to the Cap and Jay hood Morning Show on Chicago's Home for Sports.
0: Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Do da, dip itty. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can oh. get with this or you can get with that. I think oh. with this
2: this kind of Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. Greeny at 10. Carmen Yurko at 12. Wilde and Sylvia at two. Black on Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Last night, the Bulls took on the Boston Celtics, and the Bulls lose the game by the score of 107-99. to Cap, that game was in the balance for the Bulls, an opportunity to win that game late. We still know that DeMar DeRozan uh, had an injury. Here's Billy Donovan. He
3: just said to me when I uh, saw him in the locker room that he felt like he strained it when he kind of went down. Um, so they went back in there and looked at him and um that's kind of all I know. Was it was if he felt like he strained his quad? Sam, so I couldn't tell. You know, he he felt like he had gotten tripped, and Kevin Cutler t- said to me that he couldn't blow the whistle because he didn't see it. I didn't see if he got tripped or not, but obviously I trust him more when he says he got tripped. I think when he kind of got tripped is when he was kind of going down um, is is when he felt, uh, I I think, the strain.
2: Even with DeMar DeRozan out, the Bulls had a chance to win that game. But, of course, we'll keep our eyes on DeRozan. But Levine, 42 minutes, 27 points, 10 for 24 from the field, along with 7 rebounds and 6 assists in a losing effort.
3: I thought the compete level from the Bulls last night was outstanding. Fifth game in seven days, that is not easy. And uh, they're playing some high-level competition, whether it's the emotion of marketing coming to play or you're dealing with Brooklyn or you're dealing with, who, the Bucks, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with some really tough, high-level competition. And five games in seven days, your leading scorer goes down mid-game, your best point guard hasn't played all season and I thought Zach Levine stepping up and battling and knocking down big shots, they just got to get more. Io DeSumo has got to be challenged to become more of a floor leader. He's got to be more of a distributor. And I'm
2: not seeing that. The idea, and again, he's, he had 28 minutes and he started, Cap. Dsumu, 28 minutes, he had six points, and he had one assist. That won't do. No, the, and I'm not worried not about do. the points. Yeah. I want more assists, more facilitation. Right. So. That- from Tatum, from Horford, from White, you saw the Celtics move the ball side to side. He had 25 assists. The Bulls had 19. This can be solved in two ways. You have to have a lead guard that could be able to facilitate, facilitate the offense and be better. And also, you need to make defensive stops. You got you to make stops. I mean, in the fourth quarter, yes, they played hard, but Horford's wide open. For three. And, of course, the old man knocks it down and really the difference in the game.
3: Uh, In terms of, you said 19 assists for the Bulls on how many made baskets?
2: 19 assists on 39 field goals. Yeah, it's not good enough
3: uh, in terms of your ratio. Mm -hmm. And then free throw-wise, look at the disparity there. Boston got a lot more opportunities at the free throw line.
2: You're minus seven in that spot in free throws. Got to get more. Got to get to the lane more. You get to the lane, you get calls. Correct. But when you shoot 35 threes, you're 12 for 35 and 3. A lot of that comes from Zach. Now, again, hats off to Zach Levine because there's a number of players in this league. We'll get into it when we have a little lull in the show about these guys not wanting to play back-to-backs. This is an epidemic in this league. It is. Somehow, like Kawhi Leonard is known as like, a, one of the great players of all time. Stop. He
3: plays tonight. Now, that means if he plays tonight, we probably won't see him again until Friday. Next week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's... Cause... Coach, I gave you 29 tonight.
2: I'm out for three days. You know how much I love the league, but that is a problem in this league. It's changed. It's, it's just, it doesn't... That doesn't help anybody when you can't get stars on a consistent basis to play. At least Levine's out there.
3: I'll tell you what, man. I told you, <laughs> the compete level I watched from Zach yesterday was very, very impressive. Since the blow-up in the locker room where they got into it about him being selfish and not passing the ball. He has passed the ball. He's attacked the rim more. He looks to me like he's back to feeling his old self. There was no talk about five games at seven days. He played every one of them. Now time for the cap and J-Hood cut of the day. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh. Whatever. Cut it. It's you're... not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right please can we stop with the tcu this oh god they were so
1: out enough it's just enough the games have to matter they beat michigan i said to you before the selections not after the michigan game
3: before the selections tcu nice little feel-good story that if you put them okay here's the two it's alabama tcu what's the point spread Alabama would have been a 10-point favorite. Who cares? Alabama wasn't there. No, they do care, Shay. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. it's, it's not boring. Anymore. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! That was brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. David Flom, Matt Moore's dining creation at LaSalle and the River. Try the Newski bacon appetizer. The lobster escargot and thank me tomorrow.
2: Mike Greenberg's coming up next, and don't forget, Ryan Poles speaks at 1030. We will have the full uh, press conference in its entirety on Carmen Yurko starting at 12 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Our thanks to you for listening, calling, and twitching and being part of our program. Our thanks to Shay, to JC, and Johnny the Beatman on the other side of the glass. For David Kaplan, I'm Jonathan Hood. Join us for UIC against Drake tonight That's at 7 right. o'clock. Cap will be on. What channel are you on? No idea. ESPN+. <laughs> Plus. ESPN+. Plus now be on UICflames.com. This will be hilarious. Both of us calling the same game at the same time. So long, everybody. Oh, let's do this again tomorrow. Take that.
3: From Chicago.